Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Michelle Halpern. Before we get to Michelle, here's some announcements. First and foremost, our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. You can see photos of our guests. You can see links to their social media. You can see links to our social media. And that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. Follow us there, please. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Give us a follow there. There's a link to our Facebook page. You can see articles that I've written, some articles that the guests have written. You can see links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can subscribe to this show for free. And as always, I ask if you're on iTunes, please give us a good rating. That helps more people find the show. And it's a cool thing to do. So if you can do that, I'd appreciate it. If you want to write me, maybe say some nice things, or maybe you think there's someone uh, that you know, or maybe you yourself would be good for the show as a guest, write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. So our guest today, Michelle Halpern, has a website called Live Like It's the Weekend, and that's her handle on most of her social media. And I found her on Instagram. I don't know how. Maybe I was just uh, cruising through a friend's content, or maybe she was tagged in something, or maybe I just came across uh, a travel page that I liked the photos and liked uh, all the stuff she was putting out there. And uh, it's grown pretty quick for her. She's only been doing this a couple of years in the in the travel blogging biz and uh, has a big following. And if you want to follow her, go to Live Like It's the Weekend on Instagram and uh, see her site. And also you'll find links to all her sites and pages at TravelTalesPodcast.com. I managed to catch Michelle when she was in the country. She's been gone a lot recently, and she was in Maine, her home state of Maine, and we did this over uh, a FaceTime. And you know my thoughts about phone interviews or Skype and FaceTime. I'd, I'd rather not do them, but sometimes it's uh, necessary, especially when people are in the travel business and they're traveling all the time and they just aren't in town. So I was lucky to track her down as it is. So I want to thank Michelle for her time. I urge you all to follow her on social media. And I hope you enjoy meeting her as much as I did. Here's my conversation with Michelle Halpern of Live Like It's the Weekend. Hello, Michelle. Hi. You're in uh, Maine right now? I'm in Maine, where I grew up. Okay, seeing family, so this is not travel-related? Well, this time it actually is travel-related. I'm working on a project with the tourism board starting tomorrow, so I'm excited to actually have uh, a reason to come up here for for work, which is fun. Yeah, this is mid-September, so what kind of temperatures are we talking in Portland, Maine right now? It's not too bad. It's been a little gloomy the last few days, but it's like light sweater weather. But the uh, the forecast is looking pr- pretty good for this weekend, like mid-70s and mid-60s at night. So I'm pretty stoked about that. So we should tell people what your website is and what do you call yourself? Do you call yourself a blogger, a journalist, or producer, all of the above? <laughs> Uh, it's funny because it depends who I'm, uh, being asked by. If I'm, if I'm meeting a random person traveling for the first time, I usually don't like to tell them I'm a blogger right off, right right off the bat. I kind of like, oh, I'm a travel writer and photographer. It usually like elicits less questions. Um, <laughs> that's why I never tell the- people I'm a comedian either. That's yeah, the last I mean, thing you want to tell <laughs> Especially if it's like a guy at a bar. Like, I definitely don't tell them I'm a travel <laughs> vlogger, first off. Tell them you're yeah. armed. You tell them you're armed and dangerous. That's what you tell yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess it depends. But um, <laughs> yeah, my sites live like it's the weekend.com. And I guess technically I am a travel blogger. So I'm there now, but now the whole world knows it. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing live like it's the weekend.com? It's been a little over two years now that it's been officially live in public. Wow. So that's not that very long compared to most blogs. No. Yeah, it isn't that long. Um, it's still pretty 
pretty new. So well, you have a big following. Then how did it get uh, so big so fast? What are you doing right? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I mean, I think the blog is still definitely growing. I think a lot of people kind of associate with me me with my Instagram, which is definitely um, I've seen like some good success there, which has been awesome. But I'm sure as like other travel bloggers know that like blog traffic and Instagram followers are not necessarily on par. Like I know so many travel bloggers who've been in the space for like eight years or something and have, you know, like 10,000 followers on Instagram because it's just as a matter of where you put your focus. So yeah, so I write about global women's travel, a lot of solo travel. And yeah, it's kind of hard to describe. Like I hate I hate like pinning myself to one niche, but <laughs> I guess like I like to think that I have like a particular style of travel and I really like to seek out the creative aspects of travel. So uh, I really love things like architecture and design and really creatively inspired food and things like that. And if people like that sort of stuff when they travel, then they'd probably like the kinds of things that I do as well. Well, you said Instagram was really instrumental for you and grew really fast. How are you over like, you have like 75,000 or more followers, right? Not quite there, closer closer to 70K, but yeah. It's oh, been, sorry. I didn't it's... mean to shortchange you there. <laughs> How did um, it grow so fast? Uh, what was the secret? Because I've heard different things now that Somebody was on, and they were saying how now that the algorithms changed, it, it's it's a different ball game. But how did you see? What was your key to growing so fast on Instagram? That's a really good question. Um, it's so funny. It's like I feel like I ask the same question of other people. You know what I mean? Like, there's really no magic pill. Um, but I think the I think the biggest secret that is kind of a boring answer because. I could tell you other people's secrets and I really try not to do any of like the shady tactics that people get involved with because like buying them. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, that that's definitely really shady, but there's also been a huge trend of like doing uh, loop giveaways. Like, every, you know, people have been doing them every single week um, where people have to like follow 30 accounts that they don't even look at in order to, you know, try to win a prize or something. Um, and there's even like secret giveaways where you don't even have to post something on your account. There's all sorts of different tactics. And I try to stay away from those and just keep it organic because I think it'll serve me in the long run. But I think the biggest secret is just consistency, like just showing up every single day and posting something um, has been probably one of the biggest reasons I've grown so fast. Um, but I mean, I've known people that have grown like three times the speed of me. So it, I guess it's all like relative to what, you know, you consider fast. And um, right. do you have this uh, structure of like, say, just one a day or more than one posting a day or a certain time a day? Or I definitely that? don't do more than one a day. Um, and to be honest, I've been scaling back a little bit um, just for my own like mental health and <laughs> trying to focus on other things in my business as well, because it can take up quite a bit of time. You know, you're engaging with your followers and you don't I, I forget who coined this term, but you don't want to post and ghost, i.e. like <laughs> posting and then just like putting your phone away and not like interacting with the people that are, um, you know, commenting on your page. So it does take quite a bit of time, you know creating the content, then editing it, then uploading it, writing a caption, figuring out, you know, if you want to tag repost accounts or add hashtags, or then you have to comment back to your people. So, and then you have to like market your new post. So it really is a time suck. And, um, for that reason, I've sort of tried to like put less pressure on myself for posting every single day. But I think the people that are most successful are definitely the ones that post once a day. Mm -hmm. Well, what was your uh, background before you did this? Where, where did you come from? And what were you into journalism? Or were you in yeah. travel related? Yeah, not travel related. Um, but yeah, I studied journalism in college, and then sort of had like a string of jobs that were in like the journalistic marketing fashion realm. And um, so yeah, I had a lot of experience with like social media, branding, marketing, writing, photography, that sort of thing. So it's all played very nicely into what I'm doing now, which I'm sure has helped as well. Well, it's like you trained for this whole thing. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I, when I went to college at Syracuse, I studied magazine journalism, not just journalism. Like it was very specific magazine journalism. Right. Oh, I remember and, magazines. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they, they were still like made exist. of paper. They were like they made of paper. Right I know. What's paper? What? Hey, so I, started, I started out in newspapers, so I don't even want to hear it. Yeah. Are you oh, kidding? Well, yeah. That's like the stone cute. age. Yeah, that is the Stone Age. But there were two options to do newspaper journalism or magazine journalism. And uh, I really wanted to work for a magazine. You know, it was like the whole Devil Wears Prada dream, like go to New York and work for a fashion magazine. And I was definitely one of those girls. And then I graduated in 2009 when like everything just went to shit. And the economy was just in a bad place. And not to mention, you know, magazine editors, let alone like assistants don't get paid very much living in New York City. So it was a tough time. And so I, um, I found a job at a digital fashion website instead, which was like the next best thing and did that. And then that sort of just took me on this like whole digital track. Was it always about travel for you or did you look into more of a fashion thing at first? Yeah, no, not at all. It was always fashion. That was definitely what I was really interested in. And then I guess over the course of like seven, six, seven years, um, eventually I was working in Los Angeles in house at a brand and I just kind of realized, you know, maybe it's getting older, you know, your interests change and you grow as a person. I just realized, you know, I just wasn't that, I didn't care that much about fashion anymore. I mean, I love fashion in the way that like most girls do, but I wasn't, you know, like studying all the designers. And like, I used to be that person looking at every single like runway show and like looking through all of the images on style.com. And I was obsessed. And I just started realizing, wow, I'm really not I don't really care about this anymore. And (laughs) I don't feel like I'm helping anyone doing it. So um, so where are you still uh, in LA? No, well, I'm kind of all over the place. I guess you could say I'm a digital nomad, but I have family in Virginia, in Charlottesville. And that's where I sort of like, unpack and repack my suitcase (laughs) right well that helps uh, with expenses yeah it does it's nice um it's nice to i don't know how people do the lifestyle that i do and also pay rent i mean i'd love to have a place but it just it seems silly at this moment in time so well in my case you travel around the world telling jokes on a boat that's why. That's yeah. What well, doing. I'm not very good at telling <laughs> jokes, so I don't recommend it for you. Uh, so, okay. So uh, you start the blog, and do you immediately? Is that when you left LA? Did you like? Okay, I'm out. Yeah. Well, so I'd kind of um, maybe to back up a little bit. I had been working at this brand in house for probably like two years when I witnessed one of the designers at the company, she just like flat out quit and went on this like three month Asian excursion. And she like returned back to the States with a Dutch boyfriend who soon after became her husband. And it, it wasn't that piece that, you know, drew me, but I was like, holy crap. Like, I didn't realize that people did that, that, you know, she just had balls like to quit her job and just go traveling. And I was so into that. And, um, and at the same time, I was just not really thrilled with what I was doing at work. Our company was becoming much more corporate, which is not really my thing. And yeah, I just started like scheming and plotting my escape basically and spending every night like researching, you know, around the world trips and kind of just fell into this like rabbit hole world of, you know, travel hacking and, getting, you know, points and miles and credit cards and all that stuff. Um, And yeah, like it took about a year and a half to two years where I got to the point where I had saved up enough money. And I also had a a freelance client on the side who I'd been working with for probably like eight months or so at that point. And so I felt like, okay, I have enough money saved. I have this freelance client that I can do work for remotely, like, I think I'm ready to make the leap. So it wasn't the whole, like, you know, sometimes I get scared because there's such a trend of people going, Oh, I'm going to quit my job and travel the world. And, um, you know, I think it's good to have like some sort of plan (laughs) in place so you don't completely, you know, run out of money. And, you know, I feel like people are resilient. They can make it work, but, um, I definitely, I definitely had a strategy in place. 
Well, when you had, uh, you say you had a client, is this for uh, branding or writing? What were you doing? Yeah, I was, I'm still actually working with her. Um, it's, it's for a mix of things. It's for, you know, social media, copywriting, branding, okay. um, sort of, yeah, like marketing, consulting, sort of all of the above. So, um, yeah, well, it's been good. Well, I mean, I, just even looking at your blog, there's so many sections of it. There's uh, destinations, travel, a shop. And I'm just wondering, I, I do think in some of your Instagrams, right, are you working with uh, clothing brands and stuff? Yeah. Some sponsorships now? Yeah, it's been a mix of um, like brands that I really like to wear. And I've gotten to a point where I have, you know, a handful that I really like love and continue to wear. And they've been great supporting me. Um, Aha, fashion and then, like, its ugly head again. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like I hate, you know, wearing cute clothes. Oh, yeah, it must be awful. And they're paying well, I, you to do it. I, I don't even know how that works, and nobody's asked me to uh, wear anything. Maybe they don't like my body. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, well... <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Do, they, do you approach them, or do they approach you? I think it's definitely a mix. I definitely get, you know, plenty of inquiries into my inbox, but then... You know, for brands that I really love, I'll definitely not be shy in approaching them. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about blogging that new bloggers have has that new bloggers have um, is that they think, oh, if I get to this point and I have so and so number of followers, like I'm just going to have brands hitting me up left and right. Like I'm just, you know, it's just going to be a matter of me, you know, saying yes or no, and that'll be like how I make money. But um, I didn't really like grasp fully until just this year that business development is a huge part of blogging and you really have to be willing to advocate for yourself and, you know, finding, be finding those contacts for brands that you want to work with and, you know, showing them why you're different because it's really saturated right now. So it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, a lot of work that goes into, to that part of the business. Well, when you were doing research and thinking about, doing blogging and stuff. Were there certain blogs out there that you really found inspiring? You were like, they're doing it right. I want to do something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there are so many great bloggers out there. I think I gravitated more towards, um, some of the girls that were sort of like combining like style and travel because that was just where my background was from. So I definitely was, you know, into the Blonde Abroad. Shout out to Kirsten. Um, oh, she and... was on the show years ago. Was she? Yeah. So yeah. you chatted with her. She was just starting um, out at the time, too. Now she kind of blew up. I kind of credit us. Yes, it was. I'm sure it was, it was all me. I think it was all yeah. me. <laughs> um, and then uh, Brooke, I think her name is from World of Wanderlust, who's had a lot of success. Um, those were probably like the two, the two big ones that you know, do like both blogging and their social media. Cause I think there's a lot of people now that just do Instagram and I really wanted to also have a blog and, um, build that income stream. So those are, those were two of the girls that I was definitely looking to at the beginning. Well, when you get hired by, or you accept a trip from someone like the main tourism board, what do they expect from you? Do they expect a certain amount of blog entries? Do they want video? Uh, what are they looking for? It totally depends. Um, I don't really, well, I don't do video at this point, so it wouldn't be that, but, um, it's usually a mix of, you know, X number of Instagram posts, Instagram stories, all making sure, you know, that you're promoting and tagging correctly, um, whoever you're working with and usually like one or two blog posts. Um, but I, I always have like creative control as far as, you know, what I want the blog post to be about, what I want the angle to be. So the people I've worked with have been really great about not um, trying to like control that message, which has been nice. How many of these do you do a year, would you say, these uh, press trips and media things? Well, I've just started doing them this year, so it's hard to say. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I try to I try to not actually do that many sponsored trips. Um, you know, you'll find some bloggers that like only travel if it's covered, and I reinvest <laughs> so much of my money back into travel because I would sort of prefer to do my own trips and either like reach out to the hotels I really want to work with, or you know, find partnerships 
in the mix of that trip. Um, Plus the whole point of this thing was really you wanted to travel where you wanted to go. Exactly. Yeah. Like if for, for me, it's, there's no point if I'm not going to the places that I want to go and doing the things I want to do. Right. So yeah, then it's a job. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it, it is still that, you know, most of the time, but it's a fun job. And um, yeah, but I mean, I make sure to only take sponsor trips place for places that I really am, you know, psyched to go to. And obviously working with the Maine tourism board, I'm from Maine, like it's, probably going to be like my favorite, you know, collaboration yet. Cause I'm just excited to promote where I'm from and, um, kind of be a tourist in my own home state. So, um, yeah, I would never like just take on a sponsored trip just because, you know, it was paid or whatever. Well, give me some of your highlights of the last year or so of the places you've been and that you really recommend to people. Yeah, well, I just got back from a month-long trip in Portugal, which Loved was it. amazing. I was in the Algarve last year. Loved it. Yeah, it was just there. So beautiful. Um, what yeah, was your like favorite we part? Did, oh, my God. Um, oh, we went to so many different places up and down the coast. We spent a couple weeks in Lisbon, and then we were all over the coast. And I think the very last town that we stopped in, we actually... Um, we had started in Lisbon and then we went down into the Algarve for about a week and then we came back up and, um, we actually ran into a situation where we didn't have power in the apartment that we had been renting when we got back to Lisbon. So we're like, all right, like where else can we go? We had a rental car for a couple more days. So we drove up to this little surf town called Ericera. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> But it's this little surf town and it's so cute and tiny and just it's one of those places where there's like two bars in the town. So if you like meet someone one night, you're definitely going to run into them like two days later. There's only like a couple cafes and um, everyone's like surfing during the day and, you know, meeting up for drinks and dinner at night. And it just had like a really good vibe to it. So how far think, outside of Portugal or Lisbon was this? Just like 45 minutes, maybe. Oh, that's it? Is that by like Keshkesh and all that? Or Keshkesh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's near there. It's, um, yeah, near like Sintra. I think it's oh, a yeah. little bit north of Sintra, yeah. That's um, great but I, there. Yeah. I don't think like that many people end up making it to Edisair because it's just not like top priority, especially if people are just visiting, you know, for like a week or something. But right. um, for people that are traveling there for longer, I would definitely say, you know, make the trip there. It's not far and it's it's a great place to just kind of chill out for a few days. So no drunken English tourists? Um, <laughs> by English, <laughs> like, you mean the Brits? The Brits, I meant. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're everywhere. Like, yeah, in the Algarve, it was... Uh, yeah, they're all over and, the Algarve. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, there was still some of those there, but you know, I always, I always run into like a million German and oh, you know, Dutch tourists. They're everywhere. So yeah, the odd Aussie every once in a while. Yeah. Not too much on the, on no. this trip, actually. Who are you with? Uh, do you take friends with these uh, trips a lot? Yeah. Um, I'm always with like different friends, which is fun. You know, sometimes I travel with other travel bloggers. Sometimes we'll be like, okay, we want to go to this place. Let's like pitch some brands and hotels and see what we can kind of like pull together so that we sort of have the control. It's like creating our own sponsorship, I guess, in some ways. Um, and then sometimes like for this trip in Maine, um, I was able to invite a plus one. And so I'm inviting out my dear friend, Lauren, who, um, will have the fun joy of helping me take photos and stuff. But she's she's a trooper. She did this for three weeks on a road trip through the American West last summer. So she's she's no stranger to uh, the travel blogging world. But yeah, so it's fun. I get to bring like a mix of friends and other bloggers. And um, yeah, you have all these yeah, great photos. Cool. You do you uh, have to uh, rope your friends into taking good photos or do you go yeah basically <laughs> do you bring them do you bring them based on their photographic skills no i mean <laughs> it's you know i pretty much just set all the settings up and <laughs> pretty much like show them exactly okay like this is what i want here's you know crop it here and here and i try to just art direct and be like as specific as possible and um i trust that people are like pretty good at focusing and pressing a button right. usually people are pretty tech savvy in this day and age so they can get that far but passing my camera off to a stranger that's another story <laughs> okay so you went to portugal what are some of the other highlights of the last year 
Um, so before Portugal, I was in Bali, which was great. That was my second time back and loved it just as much the second time. Um, did you, where else did I go? Where in, uh, did you stay at the beaches or did you go into Ubud or? Yeah. So we were in Ubud for a little bit and I, I actually hadn't been up to the North yet, but we did a day trip and did, um, and tracked in some of the waterfalls up there, which is probably like my highlight of the whole trip because I hadn't explored that area and it was so beautiful. I love all the like jungle and waterfalls up in the North part, um, near like Munduk. And then we also went to the Eastern side of Bali and did an amazing, um, stay with the Amman hotel out there, which was like an absolute dream for me. (laughs) That's like the, it doesn't get much better than that. In my opinion. Um, it was just unbelievable. So we pretty much didn't leave the hotel for three days because we were like, how can we waste this opportunity? It's so incredible. The massage therapist come to you. It's very yeah. Nice. Well, we didn't we didn't get massages, but we did you have didn't? like our own, our own private pool on oh, our well. sweet deck, and the food was amazing. It just it was top of the line. That's great. Yeah. Um. So, what if you said you had dream destinations? What What are some of those that you've never? Oh, I I just did a whole list of these on my Instagram story yesterday. Um. So let's see. They're fresh of mine. I have so many, but I think Namibia is one. Okay. Um, or else the Maldives, it's so cliche, but I've never, I've never done actually a trip. That's like one of those overwater bungalows with the crystal clear water. And so it doesn't have to be the Maldives, but like Bora Bora, Tahiti, any, any of those will do. Um, but I'd love to kind of bask in that tropical sort of destination. Um, where else? So many places it's, I'm one of those people that just wants to go pretty much everywhere. So yeah, it's like until until I've gone almost everywhere, I'm like I'm just going to keep adding to the. I'm looking list. at your bucket list. I'm looking at your bucket list now online. Are you? Or did you find it on my stories? Uh yeah. What? No, on the on your website. Oh oh, that's a little old. I need to update I don't that. Don't anyone. You do. <laughs> I've done yeah, a bunch the... of these, so this is kind of cool. Hot air balloon over Cappadocia. I did that one. Yeah, I haven't done that. It's beautiful. It's cool. A lot of balloons. A lot of balloons. Yeah. Uh, I did Kilimanjaro a few years ago, which oh, I recommend. I would love to do that. I'm a little scared to do that, but that's that's definitely something yeah. I'd love to do before my bones don't work anymore. <laughs> you got time. It's not a technical climb or anything. It's uh, There's no ropes. I've, I've heard it's hell, though. It's the altitude that gets people. That's right. What, yeah. Um, that's that's the big deal. As long as you do, uh, you know, you, you, you've done hikes and it's not the distance it's the it's the elevation that's what yeah gets, that's what knocks I th- people. Out. i think the craziest hike i did in terms of elevation was at a rainbow mountain in peru have you heard of that place i went to peru but i didn't go to that place i have heard of it yeah so you can get there from cusco and it's like those layered um yeah i don't know the technical terms but well, it looks really cool colors exactly yeah and that was pretty that was pretty intense as far as elevation goes i don't remember exactly how tall off the top of my head, but I was feeling it for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so let me let me see Marrakech you got on there. Yeah, oh, I, I need been. to cr- I need to cross that one off. Oh, you I went? did that oh, almost a year ago. Oops. I still haven't. <laughs> I'm behind. Note to self: update website. Yeah, I know. I'm so bad. <laughs> okay, wait. I, ha- I won't read I have- any more then. I know you're calling me okay, out. Okay, we could scratch that out there. Well, tell me about Marrakech. What were you use this uh, on your own, or was this? Uh, I was I was with another travel blogger friend of mine in Marrakesh. That was we did Marrakesh and Fez and Chef Shawan, oh, which is like Chef the blue Shawin. city. Yeah, what a cool place. Okay, well, give me some warnings for you. You talk a lot about solo travel for women, um, and some I know a lot of women that are a little nervous about going to uh, Morocco and and seeing how they're treated and stuff. So, any run-ins with that? Did you have any? Issues? No, I mean, again, I was with my friends, so, but we didn't have any issues. I mean, I think the thing is, like, you can pretty much, well, not everywhere, but I would say as a woman, like, there's been women that have traveled solo in every country in the world, you know? And I think the main thing is you just have to be smart and, like, don't do things that make you uncomfortable. You know, even with the two of us, like, we didn't, in Morocco, you know, maybe we missed out, but we didn't go out late at night 
the two of us in mm-hmm. places where we didn't feel like it was, you know, safe and there were people around and we didn't want to be walking down dark alleys, um, you know, back to our Riyadh at night. And that was just our choice. You know, I think too, like I'm always working on these trips, so I'm really tired at the end of the day. So that's part of it too. I'm like, I don't need to go out. Like I'm just, I'm <laughs> heading back to the hotel. Like I'm calling it, calling it an early night, but, um, yeah, I mean, and just dressing appropriately, like not calling attention to yourself. I've, I've heard, I've heard stories both go both ways. We met a girl on the train and going to Fez who, um, had gone out for like a day shopping without her boyfriend who was back in the hotel. And she said she just got like terribly hassled in Fez. Um, but then you talk to people who absolutely have no problem at all, you know? So I think, um, it's so hard to say, you know, you just, you have to stay alert and like, you know, don't wear headphones. Don't be like looking at your phone, just be aware of your surroundings. And I think, you know, try to like blend in with the local vibe as much as possible. And that's sort of like as much as you can do. Okay. Give me a, an example of something that went wrong. Give us a crazy travel tale. Uh, crazy travel tale. Did you ever get robbed? Did you ever have a, a crazy, horrible flight? <laughs> yeah, I've had plenty of those. Well, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite bad travel tale. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't like done any, had any like really bad situations like losing a passport or getting robbed or anything like that. But um, back when I went to Thailand in 2014, I was with a whole group of friends. I think there was six of us or something. And, um, we had been like sailing with the yacht week. I don't know if you're familiar with that company. Yeah. So we had done a whole sailing trip with them. All great. And then we had decided to extend our trip and go up to Chiang Mai for a few days. And we hadn't really gotten to the very last leg of our trip yet, which was just like one final night in Bangkok before we were supposed to fly out early the next morning. So we were in like a cooking class in Chiang Mai, like drinking some, cheap beers and we're like oh yeah we were flying out to bangkok that afternoon we're like oh maybe we should book a hotel you know for tonight (laughs) just to have something you know before we fly out tomorrow and so one of our friends we just trusted her to book like an airport hotel our our plan was basically we were gonna land i think at 10 p.m or something in bangkok drop our stuff at the airport hotel and then go out and like party for one last night um, before we left at like 6am the next morning. So we probably weren't even going to sleep or anything. So our friend, she books this hotel. She says it's an airport hotel. Great. Cheap, cheap, you know, like Thailand is awesome. And so we get to the airport in Bangkok and things just start to get dicey. Like we, first of all, we have to all split up into two groups because, you know, one cab couldn't fit us all and we couldn't find a van or anything. And so we're split up and me and the girls that were in this one car, we're like driving, you know, and you think of an airport hotel as like quite close, you know, you'd get there within, I don't know, at least in my opinion, you'd get there within like 10 minutes or something. But (laughs) we were driving for like 10, 20 minutes. We were getting into this like weird warehouse district where it was like really dark. There weren't any tourists around. There were not a lot of shops, like nothing, nothing was going on. Granted, it was late, but it was just, I just got one of those like eerie, like taken feelings. Like we were going to like be driven down into this alley and like sold into sex slavery. And it was just such a bad feeling. And then finally, this taxi driver pulls into this alley and up to this hotel called the Raphael Mansion. For anybody listening, never stay at the Raphael Mansion. <laughs> it's broke down palace. Yeah. Well, that's how it felt. We, we, we rock up. And first of all, the security guard is sleeping out front in a lawn chair. Oh, that's a good and, sign. Yeah. Good sign, number one. Then we get into the hotel and like the whole lobby desk is just like in disarray. There's like papers everywhere. It was so disorganized. Not another human in sight. Our other group of girls didn't arrive for another like 15 minutes. We're like getting so worried. We're like, where are they? What's going on? And finally we go up to the room. We check in. It's like basically has the security of a college dorm. Like you could slip a credit card so easy to break in. It was just, <laughs> there was like stains on the sheets. It was so disgusting it was really one of those, I mean, 
even looking back, I'm like, man, like that was so bad. It's hard, it's hard to describe how bad it was, but we, we ended up not, um, just even feeling comfortable enough to leave our stuff there. Like we actually didn't feel like our stuff would be safe in those rooms. Right. So we decided to make the executive decision to pack it all back up and just head back to the airport and basically like spend the night in the airport and forego our last night in Bangkok. And as we're checking out again, me and my one other girlfriend, we see on the security cameras, this guy, like creepy guy walking down the hallway, like jiggling all of the doorknobs. And we're like, Oh God, like it was just so creepy. And, um, I'll never forget. We got home and we're like, what was that place? That was so weird. Like, how did she even find that hotel? We go on Yelp and look it up. And the first review was by this guy, which like, Well, it it basically said, (laughs) it basically said, um, the moment I stepped foot in this hotel, I feared for my group's safety. And we were, yeah. And it's like, if a guy's writing this about his group, you know, not to like be sexist or whatever, but I, you know, unfortunately we live in a world where I think women have to think about their safety traveling a lot more than men. But to hear this guy write that, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) at least we weren't the only ones that were sketched out by this place. Was was your friend thinking? I mean, there must have been like a total rookie mistake, a book. I don't know. We gave her a lot of shit afterwards and I won't, (laughs) I won't say her name in case she's listening, but yeah. Um, always read the reviews very carefully Uh, when you're booking an airport hotel. Well, let's talk about that. Do you give, um, reviews or anything like that to restaurants and hotels? You know, I'm so bad. I never do. I, I am so thankful to the people that take the time to do that. But I, I guess, I guess I feel like I'm doing my service by writing blog posts about all the amazing places. So in, in my way, that's, that's my review on the internet that people can read. But yeah, it always amazes me that so many people write like amazing reviews. And I love that because I mean, maybe this doesn't speak well to me, but I feel like the only time I'm really inclined to write a review is when it's a bad one, (laughs) Um, when I'm like really pissed off about something. But I should write more better reviews because I really do appreciate the people that take the time to do that for sure. So what are some of the sites that you consult when you're planning a trip? What are some of your favorite ones for flights, for accommodation? And what 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 does the pro use? Yeah. Well, for hotels, um, I do pretty like thorough searches as far as hotels. Cause I am pretty particular about, I like to stay at places that have really nice, um, like design and it doesn't have to be an expensive place by any means, but at least like a place that's been thoughtful into, um, making it, you know, feel authentic and like home. And so I usually go to, um, designhotels.com. I always check, I always check Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, I always check Kiwi collection. Those are all, um, kind of hotel sites that have like a really, um, nicely curated selection of hotels that they represent. And then I always check booking.com because I just kind of like to, I'll narrow it down by like the top rated, um, that users have given as far as stars and just see like what people are really liking. And it's not necessarily always the expensive ones. So it's cool to, cool to just kind of like get a lay of the land before I do any like hotel outreach or decide where I want to stay. Well, how, when you're deciding where to go, is, is there a theme to the site in terms of like more of a rugged outdoorsy kind of thing or more of like cities I mean, do you balance it or is one more than the other? No, I would say I balance it. I'm kind of, um, I feel like I'm like a city girl with a little bit of a beach bum, (laughs) um, in me at heart. But again, like I, I'm someone that just wants to go everywhere. Like I really want to experience like everywhere in the world. So I don't, I don't play favorites. Like I'm not going to only be, you know, visiting tropical destinations. I'm, so if, if people are interested and have that like wanderlust spirit where they're just like, oh, I just want to see and experience everything, then they'll probably gravitate towards my content more than others because that's sort of my vibe, I guess. Have you ever done uh, like a ski resort kind of thing or do you do, do you ski or snowboard? I do, or something? I do ski. Well, that would be fun to do. I, you know, I, growing up in Maine, I skied all the time, but it's just, it's quite an expensive sport. And 
I guess, you know, when I was like poor and just kind of working my way up the corporate ladder for a few years, it just wasn't a top priority. So it's kind of like riding a bike. Like I usually feel pretty good once I get back out on the slope, but it would be fun to do a, a ski trip for sure. I've never really thought about that. I did a trip in Banff last November, but I didn't oh, ski when Banff. I was there. You yeah, it was ski? more. No, we did more like hiking and that sort of stuff, but um, maybe I'll have to go back and ski up there. Did You didn't stay in the big giant castle, the Banff Springs? No, no. We stayed in more like little little boutique hotels. Okay. And this this one cool place called, I think, the Buffalo Mountain Lodge, which was had a really fun like mountain lodge kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, I was up there. I stayed at the uh, the big one there. I mean, just even if you don't Right go, over Lake Louise. Yeah. The, the, well, yeah. no, no, no. The big, um, right in the town, the Banff oh. Spring. The, the one that looks like a gigantic castle, the famous one. It's like one of the biggest hotels in North America. Oh, I thought, oh, oh, oh I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. it's, it's yeah. massive. Yeah, you can and see it from up on the yeah. gondola. Yeah. You can see it from the moon, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Even if you're not staying there, it's worth going to just, just walk through it. And you're like, wow, this thing is huge. Yeah, totally. I love it up there. It's such a cute little mountain. Oh, Banff is great. Uh, so what's coming up next? Where, what, uh, what do you have on the, on the schedule other than Maine? Yeah. So after Maine, I'm actually headed to Austin, Texas to attend TravelCon, which is, I'm sure you're familiar with Nomadic Matt. Of course. Um, yeah. So he launched this whole travel conference and it's the first one that they're doing. So I'm not speaking or anything. I just am like excited to check it out and go and just network with other bloggers and, um, yeah, just learn myself. So that'll be fun. And then I head to Iceland at the end of the month, my first time there. So that'll be super fun. Yeah. I'm, it's kind of going to be a fun trip for me because my friend who actually owns like a tour company, she invited me out as her guest. So usually it's sort of like the other way around where I'm inviting friends on my trips. But um, yeah, I get to go with her and I have no idea what we're doing, but I'm sure it's going to be fabulous. So it's, I'm excited for that. And from the East Coast, it's a, it's an easy trip. There's flights all the time out of like New York and Washington and Boston. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm usually flying out of Charlottesville, Virginia, which Ooh, is okay. like the worst, the worst place to fly out of. <laughs> How far it's is literally that from the smallest airport. Um, uh, a couple hours, three hours, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just far enough away that like it's a hassle to take the bus up there or something. But sometimes I do it if I'm flying to a, a hard place. It's really hard to get to. Oh, boy. OK, well, Iceland. Boy, that's going to be great. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. I've never been. I heard it's pricey. But, yes, uh, I'm. I'm going to bring lot lots of uh, lots of snacks and bars <laughs> with me. So when you started the blog and and you and you made the site, was there like an end game? You thought it was like, where how do you how do you see it in like five years, ten years, and what do you hope to be doing? Um, I think, I think I always kind of knew that it could like shift and in different ways. But I think the end goal as far as like lifestyle is, you know, eventually I'd like to have a family and, um, well, let's start with a boyfriend. I'd like to have a boyfriend and then a family. <laughs> um, you but know, staying least, in one place kind of helps. Yeah. Eventually yeah. Sometimes. I know. I know. That's yeah. That's no rush. Another, whole you other got, story. You got plenty of time. There's no rush. Yeah. But I guess like I just didn't see myself as um, that like corporate woman, like going off to work and having a nanny or whatever. Like I'd love to work from home and, you know, spend a lot of time with my kids and just have just have like flexibility in life to, you know, travel more doesn't have to be as much as I am now for sure. But, um, just having like the choice to kind of schedule my life the way that I want. So overall big picture, that was sort of like the end goal. And I have like so many different ideas of ways (laughs) to get there, but I mean, it's constantly changing. You know, I don't, I have no idea what the next five year brings, but I'd love to write a book at some point. I'd love to maybe do a podcast at some point. um, there's, it, that's the coolest thing about this job, in my opinion, is uh, so many people say they're a travel blogger, but that means different things for each person. Cause it's really like your blog is sort of just like your home base to, it's a jumping off point for so many other different projects. So that's the cool thing for me. 
Hey, look, your old boss went to, uh, took three months off and came back with a Dutch boyfriend. See, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See what travel can do? There's no one way to live a life. I think if, if, if travel teaches us anything and you see totally. how people around the world live and just like, you know, so much of us are put in a box. You know, we, we know one thing growing up and that's what we all think. And then travel kind of like rips all that away. Yeah, it's so true. If you, uh, okay, you don't do like uh, food and restaurant reviews, or do you? Um, I will include it in guides. So, like, I just published a Lisbon guide on my site, and I definitely, you know, include the restaurants that I think are worth checking out. Um, but I don't do like full, full, really in depth reviews. I don't, I don't know that I'm qualified enough as like a food writer, other than like to know what tasted freaking amazing or not but <laughs> if, you would, if you would consider yourself an expert on one kind of food what would it be Ooh, are you Ooh. like a, are you like a vegetarian a meat person um so meat? i used to i used to be a vegetarian for eight years but once i started traveling i kind of reverted back to, <laughs> you went to um, south america and then that was it yeah well <laughs> and asia too it's like sometimes you don't know what's in those you know soups but yeah, well. um yeah, but I still I still don't eat eat a ton of meat, but I do um I love Japanese food. I love oh, sushi. Okay. Um but I don't oh I don't know, an expert in one food. I love Mexican food too. Sure. Food's you, tough. I can't narrow it down. Have you have you been to Japan? <laughs> yes, I have been. Oh. Did you love it? I loved it, but I am so upset <laughs> about the sushi there because what? Okay, well hear me out. I am not a wasabi person. I oh. just can't stand it. And I had no idea. I was there pretty much alone. Well, I was there alone most of the time. And so I was like eating at these sushi bars by myself. And no one told me that they put the wasabi in the sushi al like, already. Like it's already mixed in. Yeah, under the... Uh under the fish on the rice, right? Yeah. And yeah. I had no idea. And I hadn't, and I don't like wasabi. So I hadn't eaten it in so long that I couldn't even <laughs> recognize the taste of it. I was like, what is that chemical? To me, it tastes like chemical. Uh -huh. So the first time I had sushi in Tokyo, I was like, what is that weird chemical taste? Like, I honestly why am thought, I, I was like, am I going to get mercury <laughs> poisoning from the fish? Like, what's oh. in this? This is so weird. And I feel like such an idiot now, but my last day I was sitting next to this woman at the sushi bar and she's like, oh, you know, there's like wasabi in that. I was like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I have to go back to Japan now and redo everything. Oh no. Yeah, you have to. You yes. have to. It's so cool. Were you just in Tokyo or did you move Yeah, unfortunately. I was only there for six days, so I didn't have a ton of time to go to Kyoto or anywhere uh, else, but I need to go back. Yeah. So if you have other, uh, other than Iceland... That's all planned. What are some of the dream destinations? If you could go anywhere. Well, yeah, like I said, Namibia, Maldives. Okay, hold on. I'm getting up, getting up my list because this uh, this will give me a visual yeah. reference. Okay. Um, now that I outed the fact that you haven't updated your. Yeah, site. that's a yeah. <laughs> let's not talk about that. Um, yeah, I think. Let's see. Where else do I really want to go? I love. I really love places that feel totally different. So. Like places in the Middle East, like Jordan and Oman, I think would be really um, high up there and more more places in Africa for sure. I'd love to go to Zanzibar and Tanzania. Oh, I did that. That's uh, that's where I went to recover from Kilimanjaro. Oh, well, that sounds like the perfect place to recover it from that. It was nice. It was although yeah. I just laid around like I had a hangover for three days. <laughs> well, could you walk? I, I, I think I wouldn't be able to walk. Slow. I think I got a little bit of uh, altitude sickness. Yeah. Actually, I didn't realize it at the time, but I, yeah, when it, it, it just, yeah, it kind of felt like Creeps I, it wasn't just you. normal fatigue. It just kind of like, ugh, it felt hungover, but I wasn't, you know? Yeah. I actually uh, have two really close friends that got engaged on the top of Kilimanjaro. Oh you my can gosh. Believe that. <laughs> he carried that ring up the whole way with him and he, he said his hands were so cold. He's like, I could barely get it out of yeah. my pocket. <laughs> Thank, I hope she said yes. Yeah, she oh, yeah, she said yes. Oh, <laughs> like suck. I drag you came all the way up here with me. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I don't <laughs> not think so. Marry me. Yeah. That's, I <laughs> thought that was a really cool place to do it. So have you been to South Africa? I have. I was just there actually in April. Oh, did you love it? Loved it. Yeah. I was there visiting a friend who's living there and um yeah, I was in Cape Town for 
a few weeks and then we did a whole road trip around the the garden route which is like the southern kind of coast yeah i had a a great time there are you a wine person yes very much so well then that works out well yeah i had no idea that they had so many amazing uh wineries in south africa that was oh the stellenbosch new to me yeah i didn't really i had that wasn't sort of like part of my knowledge of south africa and um yeah, I was really excited to to find out that that <laughs> that was there. Was there a place around the world that you would you be okay if you never go back to? You'd be like, nah, I don't need to go back there. Um, yeah, not um. So I went to the Philippines during my trip, my first like initial kind of round the world trip, and I would definitely go back to the Philippines uh, as a country, but. I would not go back to the island I went to, which was Cebu. It was okay. not my favorite. Um, and yeah, that was probably like one of my least favorite spots. It, I think just when people think of the Philippines, they think of, you know, beautiful, like tropical jungle and just like stunning crystal clear water. And I had had a friend, like sort of a travel friend that I had met in Bali along the way. And she had just been in Cebu and was like raving about it. So I was supposed to go to Angkor Wat in Cambodia, but I changed my itinerary and went to Cebu instead, which I, I think I much rather would have gone to Wait, Angkor Wat looking yeah, back. You, you chose Cebu over Angkor Wat? I know, right? That's crazy. Don't, don't <laughs> even <sorry>. ask. <laughs> well, at, so at the time, I just learned how to scuba dive in the Gili Islands. So I was kind of like excited oh, yeah. about diving more. And I knew that there were some cool places in Cebu to dive, which there was. Like I, That was my favorite part of um that trip but other yeah. than that it was pretty pretty uh did uneventful. you go to uh dumaguete to, in, uh, to, to dumaguete it's another, it's another island over well it's a town on another island near cebu so i had oh, to go no, through cebu was, airport no i was just in cebu okay i did some diving there and i i enjoyed it it was beautiful yeah the diving's nice but um I also did the whale shark diving there, which I kind of, well, I do regret because it's just, it's not one of like, I didn't do enough research before I went. And again, that girl recommended it to me. And when I went, I just saw it was such like a tourist operation. You know, they're oh. feeding the the whales and they're changing their migration patterns. And oh. it was like, people were kicking them and it was really what? sad. And yeah, it was, they oh. had like way too many people out there. So yeah, the whole thing was just kind of like one of those downer trips i'd say gosh that's so aggravating i know i hate that uh so you're diving now yeah i actually haven't been in a while and i i need to put that on the list for early 2019 to get back out and dive i actually was going to try to do some diving um in iceland at the end of the month at the silfra fissure which is like this meeting of i think yeah you touch the tectonic tectonic plates plates or yeah and my friend um, just did that she posted photos really well so i have an advanced certification but i was told by a friend who lives there who kind of like runs some of these diving tours that you can't actually do scuba diving unless you are trained in dry suit diving which i'm not she uh did it snorkeling Actually. Yeah, so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna do like a snorkeling free diving thing instead, but um, I guess I'm sure that'll be just as cool. But I was kind of oh, excited yeah. to get out and scuba dive again. Yeah, I've been diving for uh, 25 years, and uh, oh wow, I still always try to do it when I can. So, and what's your favorite place you've been diving? Well, I did the Great Barrier Reef, but that was about 20 years ago. Oh yeah, I almost- did it too, but. It was probably way better when you went. Yeah, I'm almost afraid to go back now. I'm afraid of what I might see uh, yeah. or not see. Uh, I did it in Zanzibar as well. You know, I don't want to be a bummer, but to see, you know, when people say climate change isn't happening, you know, I said, well, I've seen these reefs for the last 25 years and the sea temperature goes up two degrees and it that's it. it it's such a delicate ecosystem yeah. that it's ruining the reefs, so... And a lot of overfishing, too. Like in Zanzibar, I was like, where's the fish? And they were just like, um, you know, it's so overfished and there's no regulation and stuff. So that's kind of a drag. But I still still love to go places. I mean, the Coral Sea out there was fantastic. And then I dove in Belize and I did the the 
shark cage down in South Africa. Oh, did you? Yeah. I thought about maybe doing that, but yeah, that ended up being a no. Oh, you didn't do it? No, I didn't do it. (laughs) I mean, I I think I would maybe do that if someone else was willing to put their life on the line (laughs) alongside me. (laughs) Oh, they just, you know, you don't go fully under the cage. You're kind of like, or under the water. At least the one I didn't, you know, you're about halfway submerged. Was it terrifying? It was, no, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty, it was an adrenaline rush for sure. They bring them up pretty close. All right. And okay. The teeth are big. You can, do yeah. it. you can handle it. All right. Maybe next time. <laughs> but I remember Gili Tramangan. I liked the diving down there. That was great. Yeah. That's, that's where I learned. Yeah. Was, I did a week down there. Fun time. Well, how do you think all this travel in your life and from what you've seen and where you've been, how do you think it, it's changed you as a person and how you look at life and how you look at America and everything else? Oh, the big questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, oh, so many ways. I think one just very noticeable thing that it's changes that I just don't let things affect me so much anymore. Um, cause things are going to go wrong all the time <laughs> and with travel and usually, usually like they're going wrong more than they're going right. Not in, not in big, you know, really like scary ways or anything, but, um, I've just kind of learned to go with the flow more. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty go with the flow person, I think in general, but, um, you know, things that would really like bug me in the past when I was just, you know, living my root, my routine where I was definitely unhappy, like those things would definitely not bug me now. Um, So I think there's that. And yeah, I think definitely viewing America from an outside lens has been enlightening. Um, Although I've always kind of been one to like question American politics and I don't want to get super super political or anything. But um, yeah, it's very fascinating to talk to people from other countries and hear what they think um, about you know, not just politics, like everything about, you know, America and just stereotypes they have. And it's, it's quite interesting. And it, it makes you realize that, uh, we, we have a really bad cultural problem of focusing on like things that aren't really important in the long run, um, which is, you know, work and, climbing up the ladder and stuff buying stuff. yeah buying stuff you know showing off your nice lamborghini or whatever i could care less about those things but um yeah it just makes you kind of realize that those things aren't what's important and what's going to make you happy and um i definitely have so much more fulfilling fulfillment out of the experiences i've had and thinking back on those and sharing those stories and kind of like swapping travelers tales and, you know, having that shared connection, um, than I do, you know, with like buying the next hot, whatever tech gadget (laughs) or something. So, um, yeah, I guess those are some of just the ways off the top of my head I can think of. Well, um, finally you can get in your plugs now. Tell us where to find you, where everybody can find you is, is, is it live like it's the weekend on all the sites pretty much? Um, well, it's live like it's the weekend all spelled out on my website. Unfortunately, someone who is inactive on Instagram had it. So I shortened it to WKND. I know. Um, but that's okay. It's shorter for everyone. So it's easier to type in. That's great. Um, it's also that on Facebook and Pinterest and, um, I believe I am MR Halpern on Twitter. So yeah, probably if you're starting a blog, it's best to make them all the same, but sometimes it's just not doable with the name you want. So, yeah. oh, well, people will figure it out, I assume. And for people who, and also we should tell people that uh, people can find links to all your sites on TravelTalesPodcast.com when this comes out. So they can always go there. They can see photos of you and uh, click on all your sites. So finally, tell people out there why they should go to Live Like It's the Weekend and what you're out there trying to give to the world and what the site is about and what you're about. What's your message? 
Yeah, I think my where it all started is um, I just strongly believe that you should be trying to do what you love and focus every day on doing those things in some way. So we have a cultural problem with, you know, counting down the days of the week and, you know, proclaiming TGIF and all of that. And I sort of wanted to spread the message that we should be living every day like it's the weekend, not just doing the things we love on Saturdays and Sundays. And for me, that's travel. For other people, it can be something else. But the whole point is to kind of just inspire people to just, you know, maybe just be more introspective and thoughtful about, you know, what, how they're living their life and what choices they're making and how they can make it better. So that's me. That's awesome. Well, yeah. it's great to meet you, and thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's sure. fun. Well, I hope you enjoy Maine. I will, for sure. I'm going <laughs> to eat some lobster. I'm on a fun elimination diet. For That's a whole other story, but <laughs> oh, I don't no. know what I'm, what I'm going to be able to eat this You're not going to eat so, lobster? Well, I think I can eat lobster, but I don't know about the bun. That oh. might, might not happen. I'm very I'm sad. Even go, to, go to Maine and no lobster rolls. I know. Torture. Yeah, but it's going to be torture, but... I think you'll manage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank right. you so much for yeah. having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Good Michelle. Good to talk to you. You too. 